You're listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Shannon Brownlee asserts in her new book, Overtreated, that one of the biggest problems in healthcare today is that there is too much healthcare. As much as 30% of our annual spending on healthcare is a result of overuse. Does more healthcare mean better health? Welcome to the ReachMD Book Club. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, author of You Can Think Like a Psychiatrist, your host, and with me today is Schwartz Senior Fellow at the New America Foundation, Shannon Brownlee. Welcome to ReachMD. Oh, it's my pleasure, Leslie. Shannon, how did you get interested in this topic? I've been reporting on medicine for nearly 20 years, and what really got me going on this topic was some reporting that I did about eight years ago when I was still at U.S. News and World Report. And it's a story that that every oncologist knows, and they see it as a cautionary tale, but a lot of physicians in other specialties aren't aware of what happened. It happened over the course of, oh, almost 20 years, starting in the early 1980s. And this was the story of high-dose chemotherapy for breast cancer or bone marrow transplant for breast cancer, as it was sometimes known. And what struck me in reporting this story, and I I kind of came in on the story at the tail end of it, was that this treatment was in widespread use among women with advanced breast cancer and then later on among women with less and less advanced breast cancer. And it was quite an awful treatment. As you know, bone marrow transplant is no picnic, and bone marrow transplant for women with breast cancer was no picnic either. And yet it took 20 years from the time the treatment was first thought of and first used until clinical trials were finally completed. And the clinical trials showed that, lo and behold, it was no better than standard chemotherapy. And it struck me that there were all these sort of forces at work that drove this treatment into widespread practice, one of them being that it was very profitable for hospitals another being that it made total sense if a little bit of chemotherapy would get rid of a lot of the cells, more would get rid of all of them. And the press helped drive it as well. We wrote about this as if it was a woman's only hope. And so it really hit me that there was this treatment out there that didn't get tested adequately for a long, long time. So clearly that's an awful example, but is this really that prevalent where people are over-treated without data? Well, it's surprisingly prevalent. And I think the thing that surprised me the most in reporting this book was to, to discover how many very, very common procedures and tests and surgeries really don't have very much good data to back them up. The Institute of Medicine recently estimated that about half of what we do in medicine is actually backed up by good evidence and has been shown to be efficacious. And that's, you know, that's pretty surprising. Now, David Eddy, who's also an expert in medical evidence, thinks that it's more like 15% of what goes on is actually backed up by good evidence. So there's an enormous amount of uncertainty in medicine. That's for sure. And um, I do a fair amount of lecturing to physicians, and I I like to give them just little case vignettes and in a room of 20 people with the very simple sort of story of a patient presentation, you'll get 10 different answers. So clearly there's no one way of doing things. Well, there are some things where there really is one way of doing things. We absolutely know that if you're having a heart attack, you need to be hospitalized. We know that if you have a hip fracture, you need to be hospitalized. But there's an awful lot of other things that go on that, that really haven't been validated in any real way. So, for example, vena cava filters. Vena cava filters, the rate at which vena cava filters are used varies enormously in different hospitals. And that's because there is no clear 
evidence for when you need to use one, or at least there hasn't been until very recently. So some physicians thought, well, yeah, you've got to use a vena cava filter even if you're, you lose, if you're already using low molecular weight heparin. And others feel like, no, 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 you, you know, don't use it if you're already on low molecular weight heparin. And these kinds of discussions go on all the time, but the fact is is that, that patients are being given this procedure or this little device at different rates in different hospitals depending on, on the physician's discretion. Now, in terms of overtreatment, how much does it cost us? Well, the estimate is that it's between 20 and 30% of our total spending. Our total spending last year was about $2.1 trillion, so we're talking 400 to $700 billion a year in procedures and tests and hospitalizations that are really not contributing to health. Now, my initial question was, is more uh, better, is more helping our health, more dollars, more treatment? What do you think? The way we get this evidence, this comes out of research done at Dartmouth, and a great deal of it is available on the Dartmouth Atlas. And there's a group of researchers there that have spent the last 30 years really looking at variation in practice patterns. And so what they have done is, is take cohorts of patients with similar diseases and look at what kind of care they get in different parts of the country over a set period of time. So if you look in, say, the region around Los Angeles, the average patient gets X amount of care there. And if you look at that same kind of patient in Portland, Oregon, they get a lot less care, but the outcome is the same. So what you can say is that a great deal of the care they got in Los Angeles was clearly unnecessary care. It was not contributing to their outcome. But maybe the people in Los Angeles are different than the people in Portland. Well, that's exactly the the right question to ask. I'm not surprised. You're a physician. And what it looks like is that prevalence of disease is not contributing to this variation in, cl- in practice patterns nearly as much as other things are. And the idea in looking at cohorts of patients is to try to look at patients who are sort of equally sick. So you look at patients with similar levels of disease as best you can and look at what kind of care they get in different hospitals in different regions. Now, you mentioned the Dartmouth Atlas. How do we, how do we look at this for ourselves? www.dartmouthatlas.com. And there's just a vast array of data there. Huh, for free. Yep. So what do you think is driving this overutilization? There are many things that are driving it. And certainly physicians are right when they say that, that if there is overtreatment, a piece of it is defensive medicine. That's absolutely correct. A piece of it is defensive medicine. A piece of it is, is patient demand. Certainly there are patients coming into the emergency room with a child that fell off a couch and bumped a head on, on a carpeted floor saying, my child needs a CT scan. But the evidence says that, that these parts, these drivers of unnecessary care are really only a small part of it and that a much larger part of it is the supply of medical resources which really is counterintuitive. That really turns the ideas of of economics on its head. It says that the supply is driving demand rather than the need of the patients. And it's a very powerful idea because it explains an enormous amount of the variation that we see around the country. If you're just joining our discussion, you're listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is winner of the Victor Cohn Prize for Excellence in Medical Science Reporting, Shannon Brownlee. We are discussing overutilization of healthcare. So, Shannon, let me get this straight. It's sort of like if you build the machine, they will come? Well, yes. 
I mean, that's an old phrase in medicine, or at least in health services research. It's called Romer's Law after a health services researcher at UCLA named Milton Romer, and he basically coined the phrase, a built hospital bed is a filled hospital bed. And it turns out that, in fact, this really does hold true. So it looks like the supply of things like hospital beds, the supply of ICU beds, the supply of specialists, the supply of CT scanners drives an enormous amount of unnecessary care. And the reason is, is that when there is uncertainty in, in what to do for a particular patient, do you need to hospitalize this patient who has pneumonia? Do you need to run a CT scan on this patient? Is it really going to add to your ability to diagnose and treat the patient? When there's uncertainty, supply kind of steps in and tends to drive what happens and what physicians do. Now, how about competition among hospitals? Does that contribute to overutilization? That's an enormous part of it, and that certainly contributes to how hospitals invest. What happens is a hospital sees that the hospital down the street has got a da Vinci surgical robot, and, and so that hospital says, well, we've got to get a da Vinci surgical robot too. Yet nobody's actually seen, has found out whether or not a da Vinci robot is actually going to improve patient outcomes. We still don't know that. But once the hospital has invested the, its capital resources in this, in, in this machine, it's darn well got to make sure it gets used. It advertises it. It recruits, it recruits physicians who can use it bring in paying patients, and the waiting list for the, the robot tends to fill up. Now, shouldn't evidence-based medicine really eliminate this overutilization problem? Sure. If we had all the evidence we need, this would not be an issue. The fact is, is that I don't know if we're ever really going to have all of the evidence. And so I think we need a kind of two-pronged approach if we're going to reduce this unnecessary care. Number one, we need to, we need to sort of do a Manhattan Project for medical evidence. For the last two decades, we've been leaving an increasingly larger and larger share of the clinical trials that are done in this country to the drug industry. Right now, the drug industry pays for about 80% of clinical trials that are done. And some of those trials are perfectly good. A lot of them are not very good. But the main point is, is that the drug industry is leveraging the direction of knowledge, of medical knowledge. And the drug industry is not that interested in an awful lot of what we need to know. The drug industry is not that interested in whether or not you ought to be hospitalizing a, a pneumonia patient. And it may not be interested in whether or not you ought to use a vena cava filter. So we need to pay for this publicly. We need to find public funds to pay for this kind of research that we need to do. But even if we do this Manhattan Project for clinical evidence, we will always be a little bit behind the game because surgeons have innovations that they want to do. Drug companies and device companies come up with new innovations. So we're always going to be playing catch-up. So I think we need to have a combination of a lot more evidence, but also we need to use model systems that are more efficient, that do a high-quality job of caring for patients, that get good outcomes, but do it using fewer resources. We need to use them as models and ask other systems, other hospitals to mimic them. If you're just joining our discussion, you're listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is winner of the Victor Cohn Prize for Excellence in Medical Science Reporting, Shannon Brownlee. We are discussing overutilization of healthcare. Don't you think at least the sort of American sensibility is that the worst possible thing is underutilization? Sure, which is why I wrote my book, because <laughs> in fact, 
Overutilization isn't very good for you either. Um, not only is it wasteful, but it's dangerous. Every treatment, you know, all of your listeners know this, that, that every treatment has a risk-benefit ratio. If it is over-treatment, it's by definition has a zero benefit. And so that means the benefit-to-risk ratio is zero. You're only facing all the risks of the procedure or the hospitalization, and you're not going to get the benefits. Mm-hmm. So patients need to learn that more is not necessarily better when it comes to medicine. Sometimes less is better. Sometimes more coordinated care is way better than more. I'd like to thank our guest today, science writer Shannon Brownlee. We have been discussing the overutilization of healthcare. Thanks, Shannon. My pleasure. I'm Dr. Leslie Lent. You've been listening to the ReachMD Book Club on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your questions and comments. Please visit us at reachmd.com. Our new on-demand and podcast features will allow you to access our entire program library. Thank you for listening.